he says, oh, in the movie we're making, Scott Glenn, play, Scott Glenn plays a detective just like yourself. And she goes, is he a black woman? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantees implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. Listen, um, before we start, I just said, Paul went to see a movie last night. He came in here raving about Paul. What was the name of that movie that they changed the lady into the chicken at the end? What did you say? Freaks. Freaks. Have you ever seen this? Todd Browning, yes. Oh, one of us. One of us. One of us. Hello, everybody. It's Recotopia, episode 47. I'm Chris Atkinson. And I'm Jeremy Scott. Yes. And today's big recommend is going to be The Player. And uh, this is our, well, I guess it's not our first one of the new year since we did one last year that came out this year, whatever. But this is really <laughs> the first one that we've done in 2023, which will be hard to talk. Will, will be hard to say for the first month or two there while we like, you know, we'll be saying 22, 22, 20. Oh, yeah, it's 23. You got to remind myself. You start be scribbling on, on checks that I write to come. <laughs> <for 22. laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, glad to see everybody uh, from the chat who are uh, uh, joining us on a Tuesday from Twitch and YouTube. They're watching us talk. And that is an amazing feat for you guys. To you are hearing me talk. You are hearing me talk. Yes, the Al Gore doll, if you don't remember. <laughs> um, but uh, how are you doing today, Jeremy? I'm doing pretty well, other than the, the damp, dreary outside weather and downpours and thunderstorms. Yeah, raining constantly for the last 24 hours and then we just got out of a whole bunch of rain and snow and all bunch of stuff late, uh, last yeah. week just um, keep going yeah uh do you have any small recommends Jeremy? i got some smalls man i got some smalls it's no big deal it's so small and light it's small it's tiny it's petite it's wee uh my my first small recommend i'm gonna go with a 2014 movie that i had never watched um that i saw earlier in the week and it's fury mm. um which is a david ayer film mm -hmm. um and this is a pretty stacked cast um michael pena's in this shia labeouf brad pitt logan lerman um joe bernthal that's basically your tank crew in world mm -hmm. war ii and we follow this tank crew for what feels like maybe a few days or weeks. Logan Lerman is the new guy because the guy, the guy he's taking over for was killed in a recent battle. Um, Brad Pitt's really interesting in this movie because he's, he's so grizzled and there's an air of just, he knows so much about what to do because he's seen so much shit in action. Like mm -hmm. he speaks German fairly fluently. Uh, he's very decisive uh, and he just, he plays this grizzled, character really really well um and you know he puts logan lerman through a pretty tough initiation and makes him basically forces him to kill a german that they've come across to, it was like some sort of rite of passage or something uh and this is sort of a i think it's a 
weird war coming of age movie for Logan mm-hmm. Lerman's character. He feels like the main character, but there's just some really good, well shot war battle scenes. There's a scene where there are three American tanks and one German tank that is far superior to them. And they bum rush him. They just go right at him and try and flank him. And there's this awesome tank battle. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, I really enjoyed it. I was riveted. I don't know that I would say it was an A+, uh, but the performances are really solid, uh, and the action, uh, when it's there, uh, there's a huge showpiece at the end where they pretend their tank is dilapidated and on the side of the road while they're inside with a bunch of guns. It's awesome. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, lots to like in there, uh, but it is, you know, if you have trigger... Uh, issues with regard to war battlefields or sudden bullet impacts and things like that uh the movie's full of it but i really enjoyed it and i wonder if i even know where you can find it uh i was gonna give that as part of my information but i don't have it right now anyway theory 2014 all right all right um i have this movie on blu-ray of course but i haven't seen it um and i've heard mixed things about it uh there's people i think i've heard more positive than than bad though uh so uh, it was one of those movies that i think was trying to be an oscar contender and it just fell short and it you know. feels like it's going for that um and it's not up to that level uh, as a whole but uh, mm-hmm. i was pretty riveted i enjoyed the ride <clears throat> yeah um okay i'm gonna give a a, a recommend here that may be the first wreck of worn on uh recotopia. I don't Here know. We've we we've gotten we've gotten close to that before, I believe, but um but I, I saw this. I went to New York and there was some time, so I went ahead and watched Avatar the Way of Water. Ah. Um now I'm gonna t- tell you right off the bat, I don't I think we're going to see this movie in theaters and forget it just like we did the first movie. Uh, I think it's exactly the way it's set up is it's supposed to be a big screen mm. theater experience that you watch during the holidays and you try to watch it in the most 3d environment that you can. And then after two weeks, you, you know, you're like, you're on to watching other things and like this, unless you're dicer, this doesn't stay with you for a long time. <laughs> He's behind, he, he's behind the scenes today. He's, um, I, uh, I, 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 I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Um, it doesn't need to be three hours. I don't care what James Cameron says about, Oh, I saw my kids watch a whole bunch of Netflix one day. And that's the same as watching a three hour movie in theaters. You know, it's, yep. no, it's, it's not dude. It just isn't. I wish he'd just make movies and stop talking. I don't need yeah. to hear almost anything he said in the last month. Just make, no, movies. no, <sighs> I was surprised. And, and, and maybe, and things have gotten better on the 3d front. It used to be when I ran a 3d movie back in the day, you were cutting out a good 50% of the light source because mm. you had, you had the thing that went in front of the lens and then whoever, and then whatever, when you're wearing the glasses cuts down a whole bunch of light as well. So like 3d movies were pretty dark in, 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 in many ways when you were watching them back 10 years ago or so. Um, this one, I don't know, was super bright. And I don't know if it's just the theater I was at. I watched this movie in times square so it could be like, you know, 
the the utmost in technology with the 3D and everything, but uh, it was very bright and and it's I think it's a 48 frames per second movie, which I'm not usually a big fan of going over the 24, but it's it worked pretty well with this the 48 frames per second that sort of you are there feeling to mm. it and everything. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I did not like the first avatar at all. I think this movie is a, a vast improvement over it. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's doesn't have, it's, it's, it's got a different kind of story this time. The Navi are like, okay, well, it looks like humans are bastards. We're going to have to move from our habitat now. And we're going to have to move in with some other like species of navi they call them something else i don't remember what it is but they're like more of a green color i guess or something mm. like that and they're of course being chased down again by stephen lang but not the stephen lang from the first movie but his memories have been put into some sort of petri dish microchip fucking thing nice. i don't know what it is nice and now he's a navi and like the the whole uh gambit there is that they have to do this because uh the the uh the indigenous uh i don't know the, the the animals and stuff will attack anything that's not indigenous or whatever so so it's important for them to be able to fool animals and stuff which would have been a cool little plot point but because they like circumvent that immediately that's never an issue like them getting attacked by something indigenous i thought that would have been fun but they didn't they didn't do that so anyway they're going after this time and it takes them forever to explain why the humans are still going after these people. And the, and, and, and the new people live in, they live more in the water. That's why the way of water is the whole movie. Whatever mm. they live, they live, they live amongst the water. They talk to the, the sea, the sea animals and the, all that. And there's, and there's this one particular species that is being hunted down for some reason that they don't tell you until about two and a half hours into the movie um, where it's like, there's something in their brains that, you know helps humans that's basically what comes it's out. not unobtainium anymore it's not unobtainium anymore it's some other unobtainium that's in but somebody's. is unobtainium even mentioned did they harvest it all like what mm, like is there is there... I, you know what they probably explain that in this movie <laughs> i am not i i i have faults like many human beings and <laughs> i did not catch what happened with the unobtainium in that I do know that Giamatti Rabisi shows up briefly and Sigourney Weaver shows up briefly. And I and couldn't she's remember. She's playing I, a Navi this time, right? Yes. Yes. And yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. There's some things about it that perhaps if I had rerun the first avatar, which I'm probably never going to do, uh, I would have been able to keep up with some of the little things, but you don't really have to. That movie is not about plot at all. And the, 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 there's some pretty decent action scenes in this movie too. I will give it that there are some pretty okay. decent action scenes towards the end. Uh, so overall I can, I can recommend to you, I think only while it's in theaters, I don't think I would recommend this movie to you if it's just on video somewhere, but only while it's in theaters, you can watch this movie and I think you can have a good time with it. Just be sure that you have, you know, three and a half hours to, to dedicate so to that it. means I will not be able to enjoy this movie. <sighs> I know, man. It, I know it's completely unfair that well, the, something so amazing that you'll I'll miss this. <clears throat> yeah. So I'll get over it. Well, mm -hmm. uh, that is, seems to be the general consensus from at least the sources that I 
rely on is that it's better than the first one is visually impressive but it's still really ether uh, mm -hmm. in terms of you won't it won't really stick with you so i see that uh, the, by the way the chat is totally on on you know they know uh, all the stuff that i just you know like well you don't have to watch the first avatar at all yeah i know there's some ex exposition in avatar too but i didn't pay attention to it i'm sorry why would you why would just you didn't That's i just didn't so i i didn't watch this movie like a lot of people did where they're like yeah i've got that first avatar all that avatar in my mind when i'm watching this i didn't I just, I, I, I let some of that stuff go. It was just get taking in and taking in the visuals and then, you know, a couple of things here and there. And like, oh, this is uh, it's not bad. Anyway. All right. Well, I am, uh, giving you a second small recommend. There's not really any warn here. Uh, mm -hmm. back in the spring, there was a discovery plus documentary series of three episodes called Hillsong, a mega church mm. exposed. Mm. Uh, I did not watch this then. I did not hear about it then. I don't even think I have Discovery Plus, although now that Discovery has bought HBO, I'm sure I could access this somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but on the 28th and 29th of December, um, they aired this on TLC, which is the first time it was on broadcast television. And uh, over the two nights, they aired the three episodes and then a fourth, which I have not seen yet, uh, new episode of new information. I don't even know if this is a great documentary. It's fairly well put together in terms of uh, the linear nature of it and sort of peeling the layers off of this onion. They start with Carl Lentz, who's the most famous pastor of Hillsong. This is the guy that was BFs, uh, BFFs with Justin Bieber and the Jenner sisters uh, and a number of other celebrities uh, that went to this church. And uh, part of his friendship with them is part of, it's revealed as part of his downfall, he was ultimately discovered to be having an affair um, and lost his job, uh, but he's still with his wife and kids and they all love him and support him because that's what you do when you read the Bible. But um, <clears throat> the documentary then goes from there and goes back into both his early days at a different church and some questions, but as well as the Hillsong leadership aside from this Lentz fella uh, and some sexual allegations and some assault pushing down the news about and whatnot. Now, I will admit that I <clears throat> am probably more primed to watch something like this than people who are not a preacher's kid who doesn't go to church anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, even when I was a Christian, I did not like these mega churches. I did not mm -hmm. like this concert all-star atmosphere. Um, and I, I still don't, I like it even less today. Um, mm -hmm. And there's really a cult of personality thing at a church like this that goes on. Uh, so I enjoy seeing one of these places be pointed out as hypocritical. Uh, I will note, this is the church that everybody thinks Chris Pratt went to, and that's why he gets shit online anytime mm. good stuff happens to him. Yeah. Uh, because this church was sort of anti-LGBTQ uh, in some mm -hmm. of its forms. But he never attended this church. The church itself has said that. So I'm mm -hmm. not holding anything against Chris Pratt. And you know what? Even if he did attend this church... I'm not going to hold that against him. He's not. Yeah, the guy you can't hold a church it. against somebody. <laughs> yeah. And nobody, when Justin Bieber does something online, nobody's like, "You went to that church that Chris Pratt went to, you dirty." But somehow, Chris Pratt yeah. has become like the poster boy for people who hate Christians. 
Uh, and I just don't think that's very fair because he seems to hey, be gay one people of the, is what you're saying. Well, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. they think he does, but mm -hmm. I don't think he's ever said that. Mm -hmm. um, no, anyway, I don't. Yeah. You can watch this on probably Discovery Plus or HBO, whatever they're calling that shit today, mm -hmm. uh, or look for it in your listings on TLC. Uh, I've yet to see the fourth episode, but I enjoyed it as a whole, probably more because of the subject matter than the quality of the documentary making. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, um, that uh, I love uh, watching The Righteous Gemstones, by the way, which is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a big huge satire of 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 those type of churches and all the money that is just being pumped through it and everything it's uh uh it's crazy i'll have to check this out too i i don't know it just seems like more and more we keep running into this you know that <laughs> that these big huge churches or whatever are always they're just money they're money grifts a lot of the times oh, so yeah. i mean we all oh, yeah. we've known that for a long time but like especially these big ones um uh I saw on the big screens, you know, Sight and Sound came out with like some top 100 or something like that. And it was, of course, controversial because, uh, you know, they came up with some movies that were like, whoa, what, <laughs> what are, what are these movies? Some of, some of them were like that, you know, whatever. But one of them that was on their list was Mulholland Drive. And, oh. um, I, um, I watched this on a big screen at the local Belcourt um with a couple of friends and i had not seen it in a long time but this is a, a david lynch film and so it has a lot of david lynch stuff in it that might turn some people off but this is one of his best movies he's ever made um uh and and if you just know one little key to watching this movie it becomes understandable and it's not it's not totally out there um, uh, for, uh, you know, if you're, if you're watching this going, what's going on? Well, a lot of this is because it's just a dream for the most part. But anyway, um, it's, it's, uh, it starts off with Laura Herring and she's in the, she's in a limo and limo suddenly stops. Limo driver tells her to get out some joy riders, some, some people who are drag racing, come by, crash into the car. Laura Herring gets out and climbs down from Mulholland Drive down to the city of Los Angeles and uh, then proceeds to go to sleep. And then she, uh, she, see, she goes into this apartment that uh, she sees these two people uh, leaving for a vacation, and she basically uh, takes up residence in the empty apartment while they are gone. Um, and then, um, uh, then Naomi Watts shows up a, an aspiring actress, uh, who is, uh, who's, who's just, uh, who's been, and we find out that the people who've left the apartment were her aunt and uncle and that she's let, she, they're allowing her to stay at the apartment. So Naomi Watts, of course, comes into the apartment and stumbles upon Laura Herring, who is, who has amnesia, has no idea what happened to her. Uh, and, uh, and uh, so it becomes a whole thing of where Naomi Watts and Laura Herring try to figure out who she was and who they can find to to uh, solve this mystery of where she needs to go. And the movie just goes through a lot of like it goes through a lot of like uh, just really segmented type of things. You don't know what you don't know what relates to what for a long time. There's a really funny segment in this movie where. Um, 
where the uh, where a guy i think it's mark pellegrino is his name he's he if a lot of people have you a lot of people know mark pellegrino from big lebowski he's one of the guys who breaks down lebowski's uh, door and uh you know t- you know t- you know uh is uh is like the main guy going in there to to crash down he's in this movie and he's playing like this guy who wants to get a black book of some sort from a from a an old acquaintance and he um in in the guise of friendship he ends up killing this guy and takes the book but while he's trying to uh make it look like it was a suicide the gun fires and and shoots into a wall and hits somebody on the other side hilariously you can just hear this ow sound when, when he hits the, when he hits the so he goes over he knows he has to kill that woman now and he goes over and he like uh, goes over to kill the woman and he's and he's uh, wrestling with her and then he starts dragging her body into the into the hallway and then a janitor sees it <laughs> and, and it's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, it's going back and forth. There's like a scene where a guy in a diner describes to another guy a dream he had about this diner and about how there's a scary person behind the dumpster and all that. But this is all intermixed with Naomi Watts and Laura Herring trying to figure out who Laura Herring is. Um, there's a moment where this movie turns and everything you sort of know sort of changes. But, uh, one of the other parts of this movie is, uh, Justin Thoreau. He is a movie director who is, uh, 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 he's doing this film that apparently six of the top actresses in Hollywood want, but he's lost his main star and now he needs to recast it. But apparently he has no control over who, ca- who, who he casts. There are people way above him way above the studio apparently who are telling him he needs to hire this one girl and he can't hire anybody else and once this girl is shows up for the audition he needs to say the code words basically this is the girl and uh and and that's that's that so there's this going on too there's all this like how does all of this relate how does this possibly all get gelled together well it's where that movie turns where it finally gels together and you realize a lot of what you've been seeing is a lot of people being replaced in a dream basically but uh mulholland drive is just a stunning movie it gets you into a mood it's it holds on it just grips you for that throughout the whole thing there's maybe a couple of slow moments but even the slow moments are just a part of that that vibe that it creates. There is sudden Billy Ray Cyrus in this movie. Um, <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus shows up out of nowhere, and it's hilarious. There are there are there are moments in this movie that are just hilarious, and I think a lot of times you watch this and you just think, oh, that's just somebody just doing something really super bad, and it's not very you know he's lynch isn't this kind of a a humorist or anything he is lynch (laughs) is this kind of a humorist and like it's just there's just like absolute don't forget to laugh in this movie even though there's a lot of heavy stuff that happens well and as wikipedia just reminded me at the top of the mulholland drive entry not to be mm-hmm. confused with the 1996 film Mulholland Falls. <laughs> Mulholland Falls. The <laughs> Nick Nolte, Jennifer Connelly. Uh, Chaz Palminteri. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, if you see Chaz Palminteri, you are not watching the David Lynch Mulholland Drive. You're watching. Mm-hmm. Well, you can still have a good time with Mulholland Falls if you go in with the right attitude. Uh, but that attitude needs to be 
laughter. Um, <clears throat> it's funny looking at the comments too. There's a lot of people who hate Mulholland Drive, and I yeah. totally understand why. It's it it's it it's not for everyone, I don't think, but I highly recommend it. I think it's a, an excellent film. So, well, all right, I think it's time for the big old. The big recommend. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. Um. Yes. 1992's The Player. Um. Robert Altman directs with Tim Robbins and just a slew of celebrity cameos. Mm-hmm. Uh. And uh. And of course, people playing like not playing themselves who are all-star cast in their own right um but it's one of um, those movies where you almost uh, from scene to scene wonder is that guy playing himself or is he playing a character in the movie? Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, yeah. it's not always obvious yeah yeah this movie starts off with like a a big nine i think it's like nine minute unbroken shot of uh sort of a day in the life of a movie set where uh, we see a variety of characters move in and out. Um, uh, and, uh, a lot of it is a bunch of writers pitching, uh, big movies to Tim Robbins, who, uh, who plays Griffin mill, a studio executive. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you see, uh, you see your, you know, your variety everyday pitches, everybody is pitching Bruce Willis and Julia Roberts for their movie everybody and then in 1992 this is exactly what people would be doing yep. for for their movies um uh you even have the 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 really funny one and sort of the inside baseball one is the buck henry pitch where he's doing graduate part two he <laughs> he wrote he wrote the graduate uh the first graduate now he comes in pitching the graduate part two saying well you know dust yeah stroke Yes, yeah, and then he's like, "Well, the three principals are still with us: Dustin Hoffman, Catherine Ross, and Anne Bancroft are all here." And blah blah blah. And then he's like, and then he's like, "Is now, uh, now, uh, that that was a they have a daughter or something, and or or or, or somebody yeah, I is. can't remember." That's yeah, Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah, and it's Julia Roberts, and uh, and uh, and she's now there's going to be a, a seduction, basically, you know, with. A, a different kind of, I guess, a gender swap seduction or something like that are going. So at the very beginning, we, we see this, we see this day in the life of and everything. And at the, towards the end of it, we see that Griffin Mills got in a postcard and it's a threatening postcard, um, from a writer who he, who pitched him a long time ago on a, on a script and, uh, never got back to him, which as you find out from Griffin mill himself later, we get 50,000 pitches a year. And I can only say yes to 12 of them or something like yeah. that. And, uh, and so it's sort of his justification, uh, of being an asshole in the movie or whatever, but it really is like sickening by the time he, he actually, he actually says that excuse. It's pretty sickening that that's what the, he's trying to do to, to like, uh, defend what he does and right. everything. Uh, like if we had known that from the beginning, maybe we get a little bit of sympathy. You should never have sympathy for Griffin mill in this movie the entire time, by the way. Yeah. Um, it, 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 they, the movie does a really good job of making you sympathetic or else you wouldn't watch this movie. Probably it's just, just a nasty person throughout, but like we're at the beginning, we are told that he might be replaced by another studio executive, Peter Gallagher playing Larry Levy. Um, and, uh, and so <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a series of him being worried about being replaced by this other guy. And there's a great scene 
uh, where Larry Levy is at a breakfast of some sort. He exits the stage by Burt Reynolds. He 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 shakes hands with Burt Reynolds and then he leaves and he go and Burt Reynolds is like, "Who's that guy?" Well, he's a studio executive at Fox. At least until this breakfast, <laughs> at least <laughs> at least at least until this breakfast was done, anyway. And uh, and then Griffin Mill comes in and he he has a talk with him. Uh, and before that, there's a big party. Sidney Pollack uh, talks to him. Sidney Pollack used to, I guess, played these roles all the time in the 90s. I, I always think of his Eyes Wide Shut character. Uh, and he's doing that again, basically, here. But I love the lines in there, too, where Griffin Mill is like, uh, it's like uh, so uh, what, do you, what are the rumors? Are the rumors true? And he goes, the rumors are always true. You know that. You've always known that. And he's like, well, I'm always the last one to know about this. And Sidney Pollack is like, you're always the last one to believe the rumor. That's mm. the problem. And, um, and so we find out quickly, it's not really that he's getting replaced, but they're going to put Larry Levy in as, a, as the new hotshot studio exec who's going to be the guy who like, I guess maybe has more of the power, but, but then Griffin decides he has a, he has a gambit that he does later on that he's going to try to flip that on him. But, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie. Just a lot of stuff. He gets enough postcards from the, from the, from the writer that he's like, okay, now I need to figure out who this writer is. Who was this that possibly did this? And, um, he finds out, he kind of recalls that this has been going on for five months. He's been, he's been getting postcards like this for five months. Um, and he decides he's going to go back and look at all the pitches that he got back five months ago. And he's trying to narrow down who the possible writer could be. And he ends up on David Cahane played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, and he goes over to his house to confront him or at least get, we'll kind of give him a deal. So he does, so he can back off on the threats. It's really him just saving his own neck here. Yep. He really does think that the, that this guy's going to kill him and he calls the house and he gets credit Scotchy instead, uh, who is playing David Cahane's wife, uh, not wife, his girlfriend. He Griffin always thinks it's his wife all the way through the movie, but, um, but she's really interesting. And of course she's really beautiful and he's outside the house talking to her and, and observing her while they're in this conversation. And he just wants to know where David Cahane is, but, uh, but he's also just getting into a, a like a lot of just like normal everyday flirty conversation with her on the phone while looking at her painting through the, through the windows. And finally she says, okay, he went to a movie theater and he's, he's watching the bicycle thieves and you know, whatever. So he goes to Pasadena and he finds this theater that's playing bicycle thieves. He comes in like five minutes before the movie's over, uh, nearly trips over David Kane's feet, thinks it's some other dude for a second. And then finally, finally zeroes in. Kahane is obviously a guy who could be sending him the postcards. He is a really, really kind of like touchy character. Um, and uh and uh just gives him a lot of anger a lot of anger is coming towards his way they go out and decide to have a, a drink at a japanese bar and uh they and and griffin mills like i'm going to give you a, i'm going to give you an i i'm going to give you a pitch man i'm going to give you a deal i'm not saying we'll make the movie but i'll give you your deal man cuz he just wants to save his own ass yeah and kahane of course is is one of those uh no not a sellout type uh, he doesn't, he's not buying anything that Griffin mill is selling. Uh, 
and then uh, as they depart, there is uh, there is a big misunderstanding of what's happening. There's, there's a fight and there's an accidental kind of like, you know, the, they sort of like start to get into a, a struggle and Griffin Mill lets the bet, lets the worst of him come out. And he pushes, uh, he pushes David Kahane down into a puddle of water and drowns him. Mm-hmm. And you can say that's an accident all you want to, but you can tell by the way the camera work and the editing is in this movie that it's a moment where he has just decided to go over the line. He doesn't have there's this isn't like like oh I accidentally did this it was I'm gonna push this guy's face get into the water and he's gonna die and he's he he's no longer a threat that's basically mm. what it comes down to. Um, now he's going back to his he he tries to make that look like a robbery gone bad and everything and he goes back to his his studio job and and uh, he's trying to get uh, he's trying to get some he's trying to work his way into. Uh, being the power there at the studio and one of the movies that uh he sees an opportunity on this on is uh is this uh this uh like death row inmate type of movie with 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 uh like the guy richard e grant plays the writer and he says like he's like he's like he's like he's like you know gives him the whole thing about how the uh the the woman didn't really commit the crime and that and that uh you know that um, she, uh, she goes to the gas chamber and the gas pellets fall. And just as the guy's about to save her, you know, she dies because that's what life is. That's what, that's what happens. That's, that's reality. reality. That's reality. Uh, Dean Stockwell plays his hilarious, like manager or agent or something in this. Dean Stockwell's really good in this movie. Uh, but, uh, but Richard E. Grant gives him this pitch and, uh, and Griffin thinks about it and thinks this might be a good, good thing for me to give to Larry Levy and to have him shepherd it. And then I will save it when in the inevitable problems happen at the end. And a lot of the things is no stars, like just maybe people who are on stage or something like that, getting into this movie. We can't have this movie bogged down by personality and all that type of stuff. So, uh, so, so that's one part of it. Meanwhile, He's got a he's got a murder rap, and the uh, investigators are closing in on him because he did talk to his wife, uh, did talk to David Kane's wife uh, just before he died, and everybody knows he went out to Pasadena to see him, and that's weird, and they they really do think he's the big suspect in here. Played wonderfully, by the way. There are uh, are two standout performances in the investigator side. Whoopi Goldberg turning in a great performance. This is just after her ghost Oscar win, by the mm. way. Uh, and Lyle Lovett coming in with a great offbeat performance in this. Uh, he's just so weird uh, all the way through it. Uh, and uh, and uh, these investigators think that he did it, but they they just they don't know exactly what what connects it like what they don't have any proof that he did it um and they're asking him questions but man that that interrogation scene at the office has got so many laughs in it uh you know Whoopi goldberg talking about tampons twirling the tampon in the air while he's talking while she's talking to him these aren't mine i use jumbo (laughs) i use jumbo he's like these are slender regular um in the meantime he's fallen in love with the gratiscotchy character it's scocky scotchy can't remember it's 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 it's, it's some i don't remember she's off of presumed innocent by the way which is another movie that i think you know will 
we'll talk about at some point I believe in, so, yes. on the show. Uh, but uh, they, he's, he's, uh, he's fallen in love with her and she, I think knows he killed David Kahane or at least suspects that that may have happened, but she's smitten with him enough. In fact, got smitten. I think got smitten with him enough on the phone call beforehand Yeah, that the fact that he killed somebody that wasn't all that important to her doesn't really matter doesn't really register she kind of comes off really bad in this movie too even though she's a very sweet she's very sweet um there's a point uh also where griffin uh you know they're in a hot tub he's in a hot tub with his current current girlfriend who's playing who's who's playing who's cynthia stevenson plays this uh like uh, like some sort of uh underling script reader type person or whatever and she says something i'd love to go out to uh uh like uh cozumel or something like that and, and have mud baths and massages and drink all this stuff that's what he does with greta scotch he goes mm. and does that exact thing uh like all the things that she described that's what they go do uh there's a point where he gets a call from uh, a lawyer saying or he gets i think he gets a call from Sidney pollock and tells him that he just needs to go down to a lineup and be in the lineup because this is the final test of whether or not he's going to get away with his murder or not is he'd be in this lineup. But you can see the camera moves over to Greta Scotchy and she's, she knows that it's, it's probable he's the one who killed David Kahane and that, but she doesn't care. That's the, that's she, the part. He freaking tells her when they're having sex. He's like mm-hmm. something else. I yeah. gotta tell you while he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was responsible for David's yeah. death. And she's like, and no, don't say like, it. Don't, don't, it. don't say yeah. it. I love you. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah. It's really, really. Yeah. Um, so that it leads to that great, great, uh, uh, lineup scene where they have Lyle Lovett in there too, just as a decoy essentially. And they have the one witness that was there who was like, who's like like going through all this and the, the the whole process is hilarious in itself the lawyer who's like who's like trying to like throw a whole bunch of doubt on what she saw yeah. and then and then finally her picking lyle love it and she's like oh yeah that's him i would I'm swear 100%. on my mother's grave and and Whoopi goldberg says the one of the lines of the movie is like lady where the hell's your mother buried and i just <laughs> i just where the fuck is your mother buried i love that shit it can only whoopi goldberg could say that line <laughs> so this movie is just it's jam-packed with celebrity cameos little little vignettes little 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 uh like i think griffin mill orders about 10 different brands of water in this he does. in this I think he it's does. a different one each time it is uh and and i tried googling some of them and i think many of them are fictional uh, mm-hmm. or went out of business and have been replaced by a completely different business now. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's one of, I think, the layers of pretension that the script writes in there for him. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch this movie and guess which scenes were scripted solidly and which scenes were improv. Like that mm-hmm. graduate two-pitch scene feels completely improv to me yeah um, and there are other scenes that are similar but then what the ordering of the water that's very specific that the girlfriend mentioning the hot springs and then him doing that later there's so much mm-hmm. intention and yet areas where and this is very altman where he just allows the actors to 
be the characters. And um, I will say watching an Altman movie with the captions on is quite an experience uh, because there are so many scenes where there are multiple people talking Mm -hmm. and the captions, bless their heart, are trying to keep up, but my eyes are not as fast as the people in the movie are talking. I love, you mentioned Whoopi, I love the line when she's interrogating Tim Robbins where he says, oh, in the movie we're making, Scott Glenn, play, Scott Glenn plays a detective just like yourself. And she goes, is he a black woman? <laughs> <laughs> and then he has to backtrack like, well, I mean, you know, like detective, not like with any regard to race or sex or whatever. <laughs> all the pitches that, almost all the pitches end with it's such and such meets such and such it's Mm -hmm. it's uh ghost meets manchurian candidate is the one that i wrote down but they're all freaking hysterical yeah um and uh i love the larry levy board meeting scene his first meeting where he essentially suggests not using writers anymore at -hmm. least that's what tim robbins and i mean he is saying that but of course all he's really proving because they'll throw out you know, read a news, he has everybody read a headline and he turns that mm-hmm. into a movie pitch, but that's not still, that's not a written script. You just, you just made a, a two, a 24 word pitch out of a headline, yeah. but somebody still has to type that shit out. Right. And I think it's intended to show that this guy is just stupid and that a lot of people rise to power in Hollywood simply by not offending as opposed to being intelligent or having, you know, new ideas i also like that too just because of he robin suddenly is a defender of the writer after just killing a writer that's one of the darkest lines of the movie is him like well it's like you know what's an interesting thing taking the writer out of the creative process if we could just get rid of these producers and directors we might have something here or whatever (laughs) but he's he's all he has he has effectively in the most uh real terms has eliminated the writer from the creative process uh by killing that guy um yep but uh, uh yeah. anyway anything else that you i would there's one other scene i want to talk about but oh, anything else it. you wanted to talk about uh i've hit all my notes or you hit them already so go for it um the uh <laughs> the last scene where they're filming that that movie that the that's been pitched that griffin apparently saved at the last minute or whatever so it is nothing like the pitch at i mean it is but it's but like the stars are both julia roberts and bruce willis you don't know you don't know it's julia roberts for a while and you definitely don't know it's bruce willis for a while bruce willis comes in in the most hilarious way imaginable but yes (laughs) julia roberts comes in and and yes the gas pellets do fall but she doesn't die like uh she's i mean there's enough gas to have killed her i think in in there uh but like like not only is julia roberts and bruce willis in this but there's like susan sarandon and peter falk are looking in from the from the from the door on the outside paul dooley shows up there's a lot of like there's like like a lot of stars in this one shot yeah uh, before you even see julia roberts but the pellets drop she's about to die and then and then like you see some like real fast-paced editing and bruce willis comes in with a fucking shotgun he's like everybody step back and like he goes in and like saves julia roberts from the gas chamber and she's like why did it take you so long and he's like traffic was a bitch and the whole thing at the end the music the dialogue and everything is exactly what happens at the very end of this movie Mm. um where tim robbins is comes comes home to a pregnant greta greta scotchy now 
and uh and uh and she's like what took you so long traffic was a bitch and the same music by the way thomas newman one of his most different uh scores this mm -hmm. is before he does shawshank but like uh but there's a lot of really cool music really mysterious and cool music all the way throughout this, this is one of his better uh compositions i think but um anyway um the uh the uh the player i don't know i can't tell from the chat but it didn't look like some of you like this movie and i'm not surprised i was watching this kind of go i i love it i love this movie but i noticed that there were some parts that maybe today don't play well you know it's a 30 year old movie at this point Mm -hmm. um and it, it may it may come off a little slow at times i don't know i don't know what the 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 entire consensus here is of the people in the chat but i am seeing some people who say they didn't like it uh which is fine i i love this movie i think it's a great like uh you know a great look at hollywood and uh how movies are made and uh, i think it's got a lot of the details right uh it, it i think you've got to believe that some of this stuff actually happens uh on a regular basis even stuff like as 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 uh as small as malcolm mcdowell just coming up and saying and just telling griffin mill hey if you want to talk about me don't talk about my be my behind my back come to my face next time and griffin mill is clueless he has no idea what he's talking about yeah and the movie also does a little poetic thing by showing malcolm mcdowell and then the next scene he sees andy mcdowell and then they have this big huge like conversation about andy mcdowell malcolm mcdowell roddy mcdowell and she's like <laughs> i'm not related to either of them so you know um uh but uh but uh anyway um yeah no uh i love it i thought it was mm -hmm. great the last time i saw it first time i saw it this time through i I think what's magic about it is that it manages to skewer almost every facet of Hollywood without really going too hard at anyone to where anyone mm -hmm. involved with this movie would like get backlash in the rest of their career because it's it's almost gentle in its satire. I mean, it's still pretty biting at times. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I love it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what do you think would be a great double feature for this movie, Jeremy? Be very, very quiet. Secret. What secret? A dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone. Um, before the movie Simone came out with Al Pacino about a digitally created actress, um, I had an idea for a, a movie about a digitally created actress and a Matthew Perry Chandler type intern at the studio whose job it was was to create the impression this woman actually lived. So rent an apartment in her name and yada, yada. And then there's an accidental murder where she becomes mm. the prime suspect, even though she doesn't exist. And then they came out with Simone and I was like, fuck it. And I abandoned that. That would be yeah. the perfect double feature for this movie. But that movie doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> I, I really wanted to go with Bowfinger because Ooh. it is Ooh. a similar skewering of the film industry that is both biting and lighthearted um but i feel like tonally it would be a little too different the player has lots of laughs yeah. but there's a murder it's a drama and mm -hmm. while it may be a little too on the nose and i'm reluctant to go on the nose i gotta go swimming with sharks even though yeah. i've seen it in the chat um yeah. there's a missolved murder that somebody gets away with and then rises yep. to power by the end of the movie mm -hmm. it has evil film executives being mean to people and yep. um 
it would just it's too perfect a double feature um yeah so i think back to back that would be a hell of a one-two punch um and yeah they both end with the bad guy main character taking the role of you know of the person who used to be above them anyway uh no swimming with sharks is perfect um uh uh, that's the that's one of the kevin spaciest roles of the 90s for sure um uh that's what he that's what he was basically known for i think like that kind of role and he is such a bastard in that movie frank whaley who used to be like in everything he might still be in everything but not (laughs) as much uh not as much uh like higher profile stuff as he used to be but frank whaley's in it benicio del toro has a little has a little moment in there michelle for is it michelle forbes is it michelle forbes i get i get some of the i think it's michelle yeah, forbes, michelle that forbes. Plays the girl yeah it plays the girlfriend michelle forbes. uh yeah and uh yeah that movie is yeah that movie is like just the, you know when devil wears prada came came out everybody was like fawning over that and i was like that's just swimming with sharks all over again it's the yeah, same it's a movie. pg-13 version of swimming with sharks. yeah yeah so Where there's anyway no all right murder. yeah with no murder with no murder at least that we know of anyway and halfway always lurking in the shadows and halfway um okay what is our homework for next week jeremy all right everybody this is a movie i've mentioned before on this podcast in answering a question and this is a movie i have not seen since probably the year after it came out big night 1996 comedy drama written by stanley tucci co-directed by stanley tucci and campbell scott and starring Tony Shalhoub and Stanley mm-hmm. Tucci about two brothers who run a small Italian restaurant that is struggling uh, because they have new competition uh, in town with a fancy, swanky new Italian place. And they rally around one night to put on an incredible evening of food for some VIPs that they've invited. And... Uh, I don't want to spoil anything from there. The movie goes to uh, both dramatic and comedic heights from there. And if you like food porn movies, uh, if you like the food scenes in Chef, then this movie is going to get you all worked up. <clears throat> and uh, you can watch Big Night for free with commercials on Pluto TV right mm. now. You can mm. also pay to rent it on most of your streaming places for 2 or 3.99. Uh, but this one's a freebie. And uh, I can't wait to see it again. I haven't seen it in probably 20 years. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it came out, maybe. And I and I really like this movie a lot, too. Like, I didn't see it in theaters, but I think I saw it when it first came out on video. Um, And I remember really, really liking it. I just uh, have not seen it since. So I'm looking forward to uh, looking at this again, for sure, because I remember this being good. All right. Do we have time for a question or two? I think we do. I think we do. Question. Question. I got something to say. I am listening. Oh, I just got to find them. What are your favorite New Year's Eve, New Year's Day movies as opposed to Christmas movies? Yeah, I mean, there's not many that, I mean, that revolve around it, at least not good ones anyway, uh, that revolve around New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. There are a bunch of movies that revolve around it getting to New Year's Day eventually by the end of the movie or like somewhere in the movie but when harry met sally is what i always think about when it comes Mm. to new year's eve yeah um because that's the moment where billy crystal like uh, you know says what he was on his mind about how he feels about meg ryan and and uh and everything and and uh 
that's the movie that I think of most of the time. And that's, that's my favorite one that involves new year's Eve probably. Yeah. I answered first, do I even know any new year's movies? And then I remembered, I'm pretty sure I'm not positive. Pretty sure strange days takes place yes. on new year's Eve. I believe it was 1999 or something like that too. It's like a millennium type of yeah. deal. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I should watch this movie again. It's been, I saw it in the theater and was perplexed and I never went back to it. Going to tell you a secret. This is the movie that I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago when I said I couldn't find it on any streaming whatsoever. Oh, wow. I, I, and uh, I wanted to recommend, big recommend this movie. Uh, I have a copy of this on Blu-ray, but it's a, uh, it's a different region. So I have to like use my region free player to play it. So, oh, wow. um, uh, so I, I'm looking for it to finally get some sort of following enough that somebody makes a, a new version of this that, or, you know, like a 4k would be amazing, mm. especially since Catherine Bigelow, uh, has become hot shit since yeah. this movie came out. Yeah. Um, it would be really, really uh, great for somebody to do that. And I think it's gotten some sort of like cult following over the years. And, uh, I really want this to be a, a movie that we can talk about one day, but it, with it not streaming anywhere, I don't know where to tell people to find it other than to find like bootleg copies somewhere. It's not mm. even on YouTube. You can't even find this movie on YouTube. I don't mm. think if you That's can, fun. it's, it's, if you can find it on YouTube, I think it's somebody like took a camcorder and like, shot it on their tv or something but like that's that's not the way you want to watch this movie no no that wouldn't do it justice i don't think um no. some good answers i see it's a wonderful life i guess that's new year's ish mm -hmm. uh, maybe just watch on new year's about time i'm pretty sure that one has a new year's eve scene yep in it, yep and i love that movie mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh hot yep. sucker interesting yeah um, yeah yeah i can see that yeah, that's uh, some good stuff. We got time for one more question, I think. Yeah, 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 one more. What movie or subgenre do you want to see made in the spirit of another movie or subgenre? Example, a baseball movie made in the spirit of any given Sunday. Holy shit. Um, I want to see like either a Star Trek or Star Wars movie done like a Pulp Fiction. Um. I think, I think of all, especially Star Trek, I think Star Trek, this would work really well with. And of course, Tarantino was long rumored to be working on a Star Trek uh, many years ago. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but, um, uh, it would be a beautiful thing to have a Star Trek that, that takes off all of the big movie blockbuster sheen and just goes for a story of you know some complexity some thought some you know some some cool dialogue uh because we know star trek can do that at times uh mm. throughout the throughout its history as a series and whatnot it can do some really fun things with its format and uh i really think uh, star trek like pulp fiction would be great so you that's just what made i'm me think and i think this is along the same lines that you're thinking but you just made me think about breaking down a star trek movie the way go works yeah three different stories where there's urgency in every one and they touch yes. each other and impact each other so you could have like a lower decks person trying to solve some emergency and you can be on the bridge for a completely different emergency and then maybe have an away team or something and keep cutting back yeah. and then yeah drop the sheen drop the language barriers in terms of like 
vulgarity, yeah, uh, violence. Let it be R rated. I want an R rated Star Trek. Yeah, and it would still do ter- perfectly fine. Uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of times these studios they get worried that oh, we're going to kill the goose if we come out with one bad movie or whatever, and it's like. No, you still have the IP to this amazing yeah. franchise. You can always reboot it and call it, call it something else later. Take so a big swing. Look what take happened a chance. Star Wars when they kept doing Star Wars the same over and over yeah. and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I would answer this. Uh, I said a golf movie that feels like Moneyball, where mm-hmm. a golfer with good but not superstar talent uses his knowledge of math science geometry uh and physics mm-hmm. to improve his game uh basically a, a numbers approach now bryson zashambo tried to do this for a year or two with his maximum driving speed and he was doing all this weight training and swing training trying to hit certain miles per hour numbers on his golf swing and he's backed off from that now but uh i don't know i think there'd be something there and i bet you there are golfers out there who are in the top 20 who maybe don't have the purest swing, but are super mm-hmm. fucking smart. Um, and uh, so that's, that was my answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that would be great. You know, I, I do wonder, do, do you, do you know one way or the other, do golfers do this or have they been looking into analytics on, oh, yeah. I'm sure they have, I mean, it, oh, it's, yeah. it's in every sport. Well, you've got point. some now that wear um, health trackers that uh, hmm. they've got deals now where like, in the broadcast it'll tell you oh his heartbeat got up to this on that drive when it almost went in the water um Mm -hmm. and they also almost all of them have really expensive uh swing simulators that you can take it anywhere you can put it next to you on the driving range you can take it out on the course and you Mm -hmm. swing and it'll tell you everything man ball speed off the club head how fast you were spinning the uh, club what your torque was how far the ball went in the air it's insane um Mm -hmm. so yeah they've really embraced the analytics side of it um a couple of the answers uh, to this uh josh says i want to see falling down done like truman show but i guess that's really just the game yeah i think that could be could be um uh let's see um die hard done like scott pilgrim that's what jess met says uh, Ooh. uh final destination like the movie airplane hmm 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 um mm. so yeah a superhero movie in the style of oceans 11 is a concept i've been toying with okay okay uh james says i would love to see cloud atlas mixed with who framed roger rabbit a parallel story set up in a different live action animation world i think that would work interesting well you can't yeah. make cloud atlas any worse yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's very true uh and jagged finally he says i want a batman where it's a haunted house horror movie and he's the monster exactly. yeah that would be really cool exactly he's that the shark really cool. batman jaws and he's the shark mm-hmm. yep that I would want. be amazing um all right uh thank you for thank you everybody in chat for coming out uh on this tuesday uh next week it is big night uh stanley mm-hmm. tucci tony shalhoub uh looking forward to watching that movie again i haven't seen it in forever uh but uh that's it for this week see you next time see ya bye guys thanks for coming be a 
part of the live show by being a member of the Sin Club at Patreon at patreon.com slash cinemasins. Chat with us on the Cinemasins Discord at discord.gg slash cinemasins or Cinemasins Twitter at cinemasins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinemasins.com. That's R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A at cinemasins.com. It's goof. Hey, hey, friend. How's it going? Uh, Aside from uh, the lake in my front yard, um, Mm -hmm. it's going well. We uh, what sucks is that we have two storm seasons now in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and we used to just have the one. And everybody's just going about their life, not Mm -hmm. panicking or anything. Yeah, this is normal shit. Whack it a whack whack. I was reading this morning about there's a golfer named Scott Stallings. And um, he thought he had qualified for the Masters. In fact, mm. he had. Um, but when everyone got their invitations, he didn't get one. Mm-hmm. Um, because Augusta National sent it to a completely random Scott Stallings, who also lives in the same state and whose wife is also named Jennifer. <laughs> they just sent it to some random dude <laughs> who <laughs> goes on Twitter and DMs the golfer and says, um, I think this is yours. Mm-hmm. I play, but I'm not that good. <laughs> What would have been amazing? This is a this is the beginning of a of a real life fraud story, though, right? Because <laughs> just imagine if that went to somebody who was not honest whatsoever, and you just said, "This is my ticket to the Masters. This is what I've always wanted to Shows do." Up with a caddy and plays, starts playing, like, and double bogey golf. Yeah, and just like just as awful, and people are just like, well, you know, he he qualified for this tournament, and you know, maybe maybe the moment's gotten to him and everything. Of course, you'd oh have God. to like make it where he, you have to make it where he's good for a second at least. Uh, yes, you know, but but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, true traditional Hollywood movie would be he sucks the first day, he does a little bit better on the second day, makes the cut. Yeah. And then the he'd have to make the cut. He'd have to make the cut each of these days too. So he'd yeah. have to be bad but make the cut. Well, there's only one there's only one cut and that's after the first 2 days. Oh, there's only so, one cut. I thought there were more. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's So after 2 days, so he could he could shit uh, shit the bed the first day. Yes. And then just it's come like back with cut. a record breaking like uh course record or whatever on the next day. Um and yeah, you would have to do something like that and then on the third day that's when he's really like he might be in contention. Some of the be- some of the better golfers are starting to suck, uh, and he's doing better. And then and then that's when people are like like the real whatever real Scott is like, like I am the real Scott, you know. And <laughs> nobody believes think- that guy. If I were in sole charge of this movie, I would I would go the I would go hard into comedy, but like awkward comedy. Yeah. So like I would have this guy. Have the same name, have no scruples, but only be totally average at golf. Mm-hmm. But he just keeps playing it straight. So yeah. he shoots a nine on the first hole, and he just walks off confidently, like he's could like that. That's what you do, and, and never acts like he's actually not as good as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And see how long that lasts. I think that would get weird pretty quick. But yeah. No, I'm I'm a good golfer. I'm just I'm having a really bad day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This reminds anyway. me a little bit too of like how easy it is for uh, 
I guess, misidentification to happen with in 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 this world. Although a lot of times it's just a matter of like people not doing due diligence on some things, and it's all right. they need to do to fix it. But I told you, I remember you remember when I told you about that time I got um, I got served court papers. Um, oh yeah. This guy came up to my door and served me court papers, and I was looking at the case, and it said Chris Atkinson uh, lent his daughter. I was like, "There's a lot of things wrong with this." Lent his <laughs> daughter a car that was involved in this auto accident in like 2009, and it just so happened to be like, like just in those first couple of weeks of 2009, where I was still in New York at the oh, time. Wow. It was so weird, and like, um. And like all this stuff, and I was reading this thing, going, "What the fuck?" And this guy's like, I don't know, he's he was a little bit older than me, and uh, lent his daughter some sort of car I've never heard, like I I've never owned, blah blah blah. Got in a wreck. He's involved. He's he's responsible for this, all that. And I really didn't know what to do for a really long time. Like <laughs> I was like, "What do I do with this? Do I have to? Do I have to go just because they <laughs> sent this?" And. Uh, I was like, who do I call about this? And I ended up calling the lawyer who served me uh, and saying, hey, you misidentified me in this. I'm not the Chris Atkinson you're looking for. And he's like, you don't live blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, I live in Nashville, but I don't live on this address that you've shown here. Never lived in that address. I don't have a daughter. That's another big strike against <laughs> this. Never owned this car that you're talking about. Another strike. Uh, you know, and he's like, oh, oh, and he, he, um, uh, to his credit, immediately did whatever he had to do to get me off of that. There's this convenience store on the, the corner mm -hmm. that has been shut down for a few weeks because it's changing into a different convenience store. Mm -hmm. You know how they're like around here, we have like what, Tiger Express or yep. Twice Daily or Racetrack or Sudden Service or whatever. Mm -hmm. So one of these is changing to one of the others. And okay. they're block, they blocked off. And I don't know if the companies bought each other or what have you. Mm -hmm. But they're doing all this work inside, apparently, to make it look more like their stuff instead mm -hmm. of the competitors' stuff. But they have left the competitors' huge-ass sign on the front of the building for the last three weeks. Oh, really? And every time I drive by it, I'm telling my wife, I would have changed that shit first. Yeah. Like, they're giving free advertising to the company they either just bought or their competitor for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like, none whatsoever. Put that new sign up first thing, yeah. and then go in and even change out the refrigerators. Even if it's go to Kinko's and print out something on form feed <laughs> and whatever and just paste it on the top. So, to their credit, they do have a Kinko's banner on a, on a handmade steak that says, this place coming soon, and oh, it keeps okay. blowing over. But they haven't covered up the ginormous yeah. sign on the front of the building. They must, like, they must be having a hard time finding people who can do that job, you would think. Like, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe like, that's the, a, like, very You know they job. thought that, right? They don't want to put that the competitor's name up there on their know. store. And know. It, you know, like signage would be one of the first things that they would try to fix. You'd think so. that's what I would think. I just feel like somewhere in there, somebody dropped a ball, and maybe it's just yeah. what you're saying that because I know construction in general, there's lots of delays and uh, mm -hmm. back orders on lots of products and stuff. So it may be that kind of a thing. Yeah, but I'm gonna claim it's a marketing person who's bad at their job because that's a lot more fun. <laughs>